You're listening to Asia Centric from Bloomberg Intelligence, the podcast that pulls back the curtain on global business so you can invest better across the Pacific Rim. I'm Tom Corbett in Hong Kong. And I'm John Lee with Bloomberg Intelligence. In today's episode, we will discuss the decoupling of technology supply chains and whether Apple can stop making iPhones in China. Apple designs its iPhones in California, but relies on Asian suppliers to assemble their phones. Last year, 98% of iPhones were produced in China alone. Escalating tensions between China and the U.S. have raised the stakes across the board, and the U.S. restricting China's access to chips has implications for some of the biggest tech names, including Apple. What does this mean for the future of Apple, the iPhone, and the iPad? Let's bring in Stephen Zung, Senior Technology Analyst with Bloomberg Intelligence. Stephen, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Tom. Hi, John. Glad to be here. Stephen, why does Apple rely so much on China to make its iPhones? There's a few key strands in China. Apparently, they have a very abundant supply of skilled laborers. They have a very good supply chain, which you can basically source all the key components there. And they have very good uh, logistic efficiency. China also happens to be the, one of the biggest markets for iPhone. So they, have a, they account for roughly 20% of the iPhone shipment per year. So it's more than just cheap labor that draws Apple to China. If you want to look for cheap laborers, China is no longer the place to go. But then if you consider the skilled labored or engineers, then China certainly has one of the largest uh, population of uh, skilled laborers. So that's obviously one of the strengths. So if you look at the, like India, obviously you can make product there, but you may need to spend extra time and money to train those laborers. So the efficiency may be jeopardized from time to time. China just locked down the world's largest iPhone plant, the Foxconn plant, to combat a COVID outbreak can Apple still stay invested in China and yet deal with all this unpredictability over whether it can even get its product out? In the near term, the only thing they can do or the Foxconn can do is that they can sort of relocate part of production to other side. In this case, we heard that they moved part of that to Shenzhen. But longer term, obviously, we hope that when they seem back to normal, they can still catch up in terms of production. Uh, but obviously, this cannot go on forever. I think India obviously become sort of backup capacity, but it takes time. To some extent, Apple kind of behind its peers in terms of this capacity relocation. It, like if you look at the Samsung, for example, they already have like almost 60% of its phone made in Vietnam. Stephen, with the latest lockdown, will this impact the production targets of, for Apple? It seems to be. I think some report talking about like up to 30% which I think is possible, but just that depends on how long that lasts. If just a couple of weeks, I think it's manageable. And particularly when, you know, the smartphone demand is not particularly great at this point, but they actually provide some relief for the supply chain. So it's, it's, it largely depends on how long this lockdown will last. If it's just a couple of weeks, I think it's manageable. Has Apple mentioned that they want to diversify production away from China? Obviously, it didn't say out loud. I guess it's probably a little bit too sensitive to say out loud. But they did, uh, for example, if for this, in this year, the iPhone 14, the, the, uh, the made in India, they did make an announcement or 
basically confirm they actually started making iPhone 14 in India. That rarely happened before. So I guess they at least showed a commitment to reduce the reliance on China. Stephen, what are the biggest risks to Apple in executing this decoupling and then recoupling from China to India? The immediate issue is really about cost, right? Assembly is not really a difficult process, but then the efficiency can have a major impact on the final production cost. And also we're talking about at the moment, you don't have a lot of components in India. So you have to import everything from China to India. The shipment from China to India by sea is roughly three weeks. So it depends on the cost of component. If it's expensive part, you ship by air, which is usually three to four times more expensive. Stephen, some analysts believe 25% of iPhones can be produced outside of China by 2025. Is this realistic? What's your expectation? It's definitely possible, right? But just that a lot of things has to happen. Yeah, we're talking about that you have to get some supplier, component supplier also move into India. And then also uh, they have to come up with uh, arrangement like how to allocate the extra costs. Would it be possible to raise iPhone's retail price to absorb that? It's probably difficult. We all know that Apple is so, has a very tight control on the supply chain, which means that will have a very detailed certification on all the supplier and all that process takes time. Well, 25%, I would say <laughs> it's quite difficult in our view. In BI, I mean, we actually expect probably only single digit change may happen in the next few years, actually. Yes, 2030 may seem more reasonable to me, at least. I mean, to sort of that a quarter of iPhone can be made in India. Stephen, is there any way you can describe just how deeply embedded Apple's supply chain is in China? Everybody is thinking about diversification to manage the uncertainty. So now it looks like Apple is falling behind on that progress. So, so from that perspective, it actually exposed itself into a pretty big risk. Let's talk a little bit about that diversification that you just mentioned. Is it a foregone conclusion that Apple became so entrenched in China, so dependent on China, or could it have been avoided? And what did they miss? They know what kind of a risk they are taking. Maybe they think that's risk worth taking, or maybe because they are really not there's not other better choice at the moment. But it's clear that their supply chain are definitely looking outside China, the new capacity. The company actually released their top 200 supplier list every once in a while. Based on the latest list, China's number, I think it's like 260 something, is actually not changed a lot. It's still biggest country, obviously, in terms of the number of factories located. But then, a lot of other Southeast Asian countries, we're talking about Malaysia, we're talking about Thailand, Vietnam, even Singapore, actually they're all growing, all increase in terms of number of factories. They definitely move toward ASEAN, even though the reliance on China is still very high. But I think increasingly, you can see they're trying to match that geopolitical risk. If we compare Apple with its biggest competitor, Samsung Electronics, Samsung makes its phones in seven countries around the world. If Samsung can do it, why can't Apple? I think one of the 
key difference is that Samsung actually can produce a lot of key components in-house, right? They have their own processor, own memory chips. They can produce panel. And they also have subsidiaries that make in other components. So they can be very efficient if they want to relocate their capacity to a certain country, right? But Apple is different. Apple really 100% outsourced to, to Asia, mostly. So obviously, they have a very good bargaining power in the supply chain. China is an important consumer market for Apple. If Apple diversifies production away from China, what will be the ramifications for Apple? That, that's actually a good question because it can be a concern. I guess it depends on how Apple manages that process. If it just build capacity, like gradually, and didn't really cut down the capacity in China, then I guess it's okay. Because you can argue that, okay, that's a new capacity to support the growth. And China, maybe it's not expanding. I think it should be, it can, it can be okay. But then if Apple actually downsize the capacity in China, then that could be an issue, right? Because as you know, the, the China can, maybe they can pick up, pick it up as an excuse to do something drastic against Apple. So I guess, given the concern, I think Apple is very likely to work with the supplier to maybe more like engage in a more gradual expansion. So still keep China as the major production hub, but obviously expand elsewhere to diversify the risk that what they will do. This year, the US implemented the CHIPS Act the U.S. also banned the sale of advanced semiconductors used in AI and supercomputers to China. Does this impact Apple at all? So far, it doesn't seem so. Because obviously Apple doesn't make those chips in China at this moment. I mean, they're working with TSMC mostly. And TSMC is in, mainly in Taiwan. So no. But would that be impact going forward? That really depends on what the U.S. government want to do going forward. But now, no. If Apple iPhones are made outside of China, does this mean higher prices for US consumers? It is very likely, obviously, unless you have to sold by the supply chain, right? Or by Apple itself. So that's a very obvious question. And I would assume Apple is not willing to do that. And so one or a few of the suppliers have to take the hit. And that depends on how substantial that hit will be. This is why I think a lot of suppliers of Apple, usually when they have a very efficient operation in place, don't want to change. Why bother to fix something already running so well? That can be an issue. And I'm sure Apple is aware of that. So I guess what they would do is that they really want to diversify, but they won't do it like uh, um, drastically. They do it on a gradual manner, so the incremental costs will become easier to manage. Our guest has been Stephen Zung, Senior Analyst at Bloomberg Intelligence, covering the technology space. Stephen, thanks for joining us. Thank you, Tom. Thank you, John. And I'm John Lee. Thank you for listening to the Asia-Centric Podcast. 